welcome to With All My Heart, a podcast hosted by Joanna Kobernat, pastor's wife at Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. This podcast is designed to help ladies of all ages with the principles of the Word of God. In this podcast, we will explore what it means to love God with all our hearts. Through Bible lessons, we will discover how to deepen our relationship with the Lord and experience His love in a more personal way. As we journey together, let's open our hearts to the unchanging truths of God's Word. Good morning. Thank you for joining me again this morning for another week of With All My Heart. And no matter how you're joining us, whether it's on radio, on our online radio, or um, on Facebook or Spotify or any of those other platforms, thank you for listening in. And I hope you are having a great week. I so missed being able to be with you last week, but I thoroughly enjoyed getting to hear from Miss Grace, and she did such a great job. And her um, challenge really touched my heart, and it challenged me. Um, I want to be rich in all the ways that matter. But I had a wonderful time, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago. I went back to Iowa, which is my home state where I grew up, and I was able to be there for the 50th anniversary, the 50th homecoming reunion of the Marion Avenue Baptist Church there in Washington, Iowa. And that place holds a special place in my heart. Of course, that's where my childhood was. But I've heard so many stories uh, through the years of even the early days of that church. A little bit of back history. My parents were both originally from North Carolina. They were from Western North Carolina. And um, they were, in 1973, they had been working for Brother Bobby Robertson at the Gospelite Baptist Church. And my dad received a call from five, well actually one man called him, but there were five families in Iowa. And they had banded together and they had established, were attempting to establish a Bible preaching church there in Washington, Iowa. And they wanted to know if my dad and my mom would consider coming there to be their pastor and pastor's wife. And so that's what happened. And the, the story is they, they went and they served there faithfully. Um, my dad was the pastor there. I believe it was till 2011. My mother passed in 2010. And then my brother Joseph became pastor in 2011. And my brother Joseph still lives in the same house. He purchased it from my dad, but it's the same house that I grew up in. When I went back, I stayed in the bedroom that I had stayed in in my college years and my, um, shortly after high school. And so lots and lots of memories. And the entire time was wonderful. I was there for a revival that they had, but especially Sunday, specifically Sunday morning, my heart was so touched. And as I sat there in that big old, bri bri excuse me, big old brick building that was built in the 1800s, I believe it was the 1850s or 60s, around the Civil War period, it was originally a Presbyterian church building. And I heard the story about how those people had purchased those buildings, those five men, they had contracted a job laying electrical wire, I guess, moving it from up above to underground, and they worked together on that to save up the down payment of $10,000 to be able to put down to buy that building before they even had a pastor. And then they continued to work to make those payments, I believe it was $2,000 every six months for the remaining $30,000. And then we watched. The, the service started. It started with the choir singing, and there was a couple of congregational sing songs, and it was just spirit-filled. It was a wonderful time together. 
But then immediately after that, there was no one that stepped into the pulpit to speak. Um, there wasn't even a preacher right away. But there was 45 minutes of a video that showed the testimonies. And, and it took us back through the pictures and the old memories of the moments that had happened in that church building and among that church family, many of which I was a part of in my childhood. And my mind just couldn't help but think of the verse in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 20 and verse number um, six and seven. And I'm gonna turn my watch off real quick so it doesn't ring. But in Proverbs 20, verse number six and seven, it says, most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who could find. And it goes on to say, the just man walketh in his integrity and his children are blessed after him. And as I sat there on my pew, and I heard the story about those five families. And then I thought about the legacy that my parents and my parents in their early years of marriage in the 70s, how they went there and they began to serve those people in that small town of Washington, Iowa. And not just that town, but all the surrounding communities. And the video, it followed not just those five families, but as other people came and other people faithfully served. And as I sat there in that auditorium, the word that just kept playing over and over and over again in my mind was faithfulness. And as I returned home, I've really just thought about that because I can honestly say that if I have a desire in my heart, it is to love the Lord that my God with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my might. But I don't want to just love him today. I don't want to just love, I didn't want to just love him as a teenager when I was dedicating my life to the Lord or as a college student when I was in Bible college and I was so on fire. I want to love him for a lifetime. I don't want to just love him and serve him while I'm raising my children and while I see the immediate importance of having my children in church. I want to still be found serving him when they're long grown and gone and hopefully with families of their own and serving him. I still want to be faithful. And I thought if I have a deep desire in my heart, it is that I may be found faithful. And so I really spent some time thinking about faithfulness and the word faithful. And I had several thoughts. I'm going to try to move through quickly. And I'll know my videos go a little bit. My recordings go a little bit long sometimes. But I thought, first of all, I thought faithfulness, it's not flashy. As I looked at those five men and I thought about the life of my mom and even my dad, you know, especially those men that were up there and those ladies and then the ones that came along, I don't remember a lot of moments on the platform that really impacted me. In fact, some of them were hardly on the platform at all. But they were just faithfully working the jobs God had given them to work. One man in particular, he um, talked about how he had driven a bus. I believe he drove it for over 40 years. And he talked about, you know, oh yes, I drove this bus to this town and he drove that one for 20 years and he went on and drove to another town for um, several more years. And I just thought just to say you drove it 20 years, two decades of your life, that he spent every Sunday going and picking up little boys and girls to a town that was probably 25 to 30 minutes from Washington to bring them in. And I thought that's what faithfulness is. But faithfulness isn't flashy. It's not always what we just notice right away. I thought about this. I thought faithfulness is not always found in many, but anybody can choose it. The Bible says, and I saw it for a man among them. And he talks about who can find a faithful man. And if we're going to be faithful for life, there's going to be times that we are going to stand alone. I wish that I could say that I always have the companionship of the people I grew up with or people that I knew in my young adulthood, but you know, life happens and we go our separate directions sometimes. And not all of us, I've not always stood for the Lord like I should, but there are times that we are going to have to stand alone, but faithfulness is not always found in many, but anyone can choose it. 
And then I see number three, I thought faithfulness is found in the lives of followers who die to self. Now I have to tell you, I'm independent enough that I really don't always like the word follow. But the truth is it's a biblical word and it's a biblical principle. And I thought first, I thought about my mom and dad who were willing to follow the will of God and leave their family and leave everything that they knew here to follow what many people I'm sure would have laughed at and said was impossible and said was crazy, but they did it because they believed that it was right to follow the will of God for their life. I thought about that group of families who they carefully chose who their shepherd would be. And then they chose to give him their loyalty and their love and chose to follow him. I know my dad, he was from the South. My mom, she was from the South. There were many sometimes ideas or programs or special days that maybe he would have introduced to the church that would have seemed very different. But they got on board and they followed him as he followed Christ. You know, a faithful life is someone that would just consistently follow Christ. And that's what I want to do. I want to follow Christ. And I think that they were able, they were willing to say, and this is what we must say, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And then I see this, I, say, I, see, I thought faithful, faithfulness doesn't mean that you'll never fail. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. If, if that was what was required for being faithful, I would have been out of the game a long time ago. I would have been knocked out a long time ago. But I think about the just man follows seven times yet riseth up again. The just man falleth seven times, yet riseth up again. And you know, when I looked at those people on the platform as they were recognized, I remember times that they went through hard times. Not any grievous sin where they tarnished the name of Christ, but sure there were times that they were disappointed, that they were discouraged, that maybe they didn't serve as fervently as they always did. But you know what? They kept on and they got right back with it. And faithfulness doesn't mean that you'll never fail. It doesn't mean perfection. And then I thought about this, um, faithfulness isn't a fast fix. You know, sometimes at church or even in our own personal lives, we'll say, we need to push the reset button and maybe we'll have a special revival or maybe we'll have a special big day. Or as in our personal lives, we make a decision at a youth camp or during um, a missions conference. And those things are all well, of get, well and good. I can trace back some pivotal points in my life where I did make a decision. But you know, faithfulness isn't a quick fix. It's not a fast thing. It's something that must be done day in and day out, over and over again. I see this, faithfulness is required to see our fruit. The Bible says in Galatians 6, 9, it says, and let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You know, I think it's really sad, but there are people that have missed seeing their own harvest because they're not still being faithful whenever their harvest is fruitful. And there is a story, and I'm not going to go into it all the way right now, just for the sake of time, but there's a story about a young man who showed up at Marion Avenue several years ago. And he told about how he had ridden the buses, and he told about how that he was fallen away from church, but he was called to preach later on, and he was now a pastor. And he had stopped back in at Marion Avenue, and he wanted to know if his bus driver, the one who had been so faithful through the years picking him up, was still there. And that man, Brother Dave, he was still there in church that night, and he got to see his fruit. But I couldn't help but think, what if he hadn't been there? What if he had fallen away, that he would never have seen the fruit that God provided? I see this, number seven, um, faithfulness means finishing. Um, so on Sunday morning, we watched the story of the very early days and all that God did to get the church started 50 years ago in 1973. Sunday night, there was a video that it told the story of many people who had been saved and their lives changed by the Lord and reached through the church. And many of those people were reached through the bus ministry. 
And there was one man that told about how that he was saved. He told about as a little boy how he began to ride the bus and his uh, bus captain gave him a Bible for being faithful. And they told about a few weeks later when he trusted the Lord. And the date came up on the screen. It said April of 1975. And I looked at that date and probably very few in the congregation would even have known, much less remember, but I thought that year was significant, 1975, and that was in April. Because in January of 1975, just three months before then, my mom and dad, who had wanted children for a long time, they were so thrilled because they gave birth to a, my mother gave birth to a little healthy, so they thought, baby boy. His name was David Larry, and he was born in January of 1975. And my mom and dad were there in the hospital there in Washington, and he was two days old. When they came into my mom's room and they said, your baby down in the nursery, that's, that's the way they did it in those days, he just died. And they said, we don't know why, but he did. And you know, I've heard that story often, and I know from my mother that was a very, very difficult time. And yet here I saw, just three months later, this young man was reached, he was saved. And probably at the time, my parents didn't know what his life would turn out to be. They didn't know that he would marry another girl that was saved through the bus ministry and that they would raise their family at Marion Avenue and that they would see their children go on and live for the Lord in the church. They didn't know that. But I thought, you know, that would have been a very, very easy time for my parents to pack up and say, you know, God, I don't know why you did this. I don't know why we're up here in Iowa and the winters are cold and we're trying to serve you. And you take our baby. But they didn't do that. And I'm sure that there were times I know. In fact, I've heard the stories that there were times that my mom questioned and my dad had hard times. But you know, they kept, even in that really low time, they kept doing what was right. They kept running those buses. They kept telling others about Jesus. My dad kept preaching. My mom kept reaching out to the ladies there in the church. And they didn't know that at what, one of the lowest times in their life that God would use it to reach little boys and girls that would grow up to raise their families for Him. So faithfulness means finishing. On Tuesday night when the preacher got up to preach, a guest preacher, he said, you know, undoubtedly there are many quitting places that Pastor Brown has had to walk on by. And I was reminded of the phrase my dad used to say, you have to learn to survive the quitting places in life. And I've thought of that so many times. Lastly, I see that faithfulness in life, faithfulness for life means a final reward, which is the crown of righteousness. In 2 Timothy 4, 8, it says, Henceforth is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but to all them that love his appearing. And I think the secret to being faithful is found right there in that verse. The secret to being faithful is not keeping your eyes on your pastor. It's not keeping your eyes on uh, some spiritual leader that you think God has put in your life, but it's keeping your eyes on Jesus. Yes, there will people, be people that God puts in our lives that we should follow as they follow Christ. But you know, if we want to be faithful, if we want to earn that crown of righteousness, it's not going to be, for me, it's not going to be because I give you this recording, this podcast every week. It's not going to be because I can have my children all looking nice for church on Sunday morning, or maybe once in a while I can sing a special in, in church. That, that will not be what I earn a crown for. But it would be, if I earn that crown, it'll be from living my life day in and day out to reach the lost for Jesus Christ, to try to be a blessing to others, to try to live for others. It'll be to try from trying to raise another generation for Christ. It'll be because I keep my eyes on Christ and I follow Him. And I think at the judgment seat of Christ, we're going to be surprised at who the heroes of the faith truly are, the ones that Christ recognizes. It probably won't be the ones that we have looked to 
as heroes, but it's going to be the faithful men that surrounded us. They were just in the trenches, doing day in and day out, keeping their eyes on Jesus and serving Him. And I thought, as I sat there in that auditorium, in, verse, as in what Proverbs 20 and verse number 7, it says, The just man walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. And I couldn't help but think about, as I looked at the people of Marion Avenue Baptist Church, I thought of the people of Victory Baptist Church. And I thought of my family and how blessed God has, how much God has blessed us. And I have had just a small part in being able to have a part in y'all's life. And I know those seeds started in my heart way back in Iowa. And my life is blessed because of faithful men. So those were just a few thoughts of faithfulness that I had. And I pray that you would ask the Lord this week, as we seek for Him with all of our heart, how can you be faithful? How can we be faithful to His Word? How can we be faithful to Christ by keeping our eyes on Him? How can we be faithful to people, to His people, to winning the lost? Would you seek Him with all your heart today? And would you desire, as I do, to be found faithful when someday we stand before Him? Thank you for joining me. I hope you all have a wonderful week. Looking forward to next week. Thank you for listening to With All My Heart, a ladies' devotional podcast with Joanna Coburnett. We hope that you have been encouraged and challenged to deepen your love for Christ and be more like Him today. God loves us, and we should love Him in return. Until next time, keep seeking Him with all your heart.